Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. One thing I've learned to kind of get out of the feast and famine cycle is to always do some sort of marketing activity every single day. Hey there, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. The journey from freelancing to running your own agency comes with its own unique set of challenges. Challenges that Clay and I have both faced while building our own successful businesses. And on this show, we sit down with freelancers and agency builders like you for value-packed on-air coaching sessions with one focus. Taking your business from freelance to founder. We'd love to have you join us on the air for an upcoming episode. To learn how to get your free coaching sessions like the guests you hear on our show, visit freelance2founder.com and click on the microphone icon. We are here and ready to help you take action in your business. On today's show, we're joined by Ani Milne, who runs Summit Loft near Ottawa, Canada. Ani has been working for herself for more than a decade, and she has a lot of things going for her. She's confident she can close just about any deal that comes her way, but like many freelancers, getting those deals in the first place poses a real challenge. In today's episode, Clay and I share some advice on using social media together with in-person connections to drive inbound leads to Ani's business. If you've ever wondered if social media marketing is worth your time or if you've ever found it frustrating, today's episode is for you. Stay tuned and we'll be back after this quick break. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. We're really excited to have with us on the air today, Ani Milne. Thanks so much for joining us, Ani. Hi, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. I'd love it if we could start out, you could just tell us really quickly about your business right now. Um, well, it's it's okay. I'd, I'd like to increase my capacity. I'm pretty happy with what I work on, which is mostly um, branding. So it always starts with somebody, or it almost always starts with somebody phoning me up and asking how much would it cost to have a logo designed? And then we kind of go from there. 
and it often uh, most often rolls right out to you know all the print collateral like card um, and also the online collateral like social media graphics and uh, building them a, a really great website how are people finding you um a lot of it is word of mouth i live in a a small-ish uh you know part of the world where people connect and they they ask other people where they got their logo um some people find me organically by by doing a search on logo design in in the area and i'd, I'd like to increase that eventually tell us share, share with us maybe a, a a recent you know big success or big win that you've had in in your business something you really like to brag about and more importantly um you know, something you could share with, with the listeners that they could perhaps replicate in their business in some way? Well, I was, I was contacted last year by a company that does verification for uh, frequent travelers. Um, and so they design, manufacture um, and design apps, which um, help speed people through the identification process by uh, scanning ID documents such as uh, passports and other things and they hired me to do the animations for the apps which was kind of funny because I know almost nothing about animation but I said yeah sure I can do that and so they gave me a project and I went and opened up After Effects for the first time and bludgeoned my way through until I got them something that they were happy with and now I uh, have the them as a client and it's um, a lot of repeat business and, and it's good money. Like they they pay well, they pay on time. Um, it's a, something I get to add to my repertoire. So it's been a pretty great win for me. Saying yes to business, maybe you're not quite, maybe that you haven't done before or that you don't quite feel perfect at or, or qualified to do, just saying yes. Yeah, I had, I had done... Uh, Little animations before using uh, Photoshop. You know, you can you can do animated gifs through Photoshop, but this, of course, is uh, much much more complicated and takes know-how and expertise. So it's it's, a, it's been a good thing to try and do. For yeah, sure. congratulations on that. I'm just I'm curious. Did you mention how you found them or how they found you? I was trying to remember how they found me. I believe that that was a Google search and I'm not sure what they searched on to find me because it, there's lots of content here, but maybe they just saw me, my, my, because it needs, uh, the, the project needs a lot of illustration as well. And I do illustrations. So maybe that's what made them call me. Um, but they've, they're very, very happy and I'm happy. So yeah, that's been, that's been a good one. Cool. What takeaways, if any, could, could you share with our listeners, you know, if they, Maybe they're getting some inquiries that aren't matching exactly what they do. I mean, how, do, how does someone build up the confidence to say yes to projects that, that maybe they've not had experience with before? Well, I've been in business for um, 10 years, just over 10 years now. And you, you get to be pretty comfortable with people uh, on the phone. And so when people and, you know, you same things over and over again. And so they just become kind of rote. You can just you can just rhyme off, you know, the things that you're good at, you're good at and, you know, you're you're branding or whatever it is and it inspires confidence when you sound confident so you know when I said sure I can I can do you some animations even though I didn't have that confidence I'm pretty sure that my voice said that I did <laughs> so it's just the whole <laughs> fake it till you make it kind of thing I guess yeah I've done uh, I know I've done plenty of the fake it till you make it <laughs> yeah. uh, type uh, type confidence but uh, you know you're you're completely right um, when you portray that confidence in front of people, then it, it's, uh, I will tell you, sales becomes a lot easier. <laughs> sales. Yeah. Comes and I mean, easier. I have a lot of knowledge that, that is peripheral to, to nation work. So it's not like I'm pretending to do something that I know absolutely nothing about. I do have the illustration skills. I'm an absolute, you know, top expert with Photoshop illustrator and InDesign. So it was really just learning how to do something that's an add-on to those things, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I think, uh, I think there can, there's a big lesson to be learned there. Uh, you know, we talk to freelancers all the time who turn down work because they haven't done it before or they, or they think they need to do lots of it before 
you know, we just had a conversation with someone who said, no one will hire you for something you haven't done before or something to that effect. And both of us sort of, uh, we tried to, we tried to correct him on that. I, I maybe I shouldn't say correct. We believe differently. <laughs> and we tried to share uh, our point of view on that. I've been doing it. I've been doing it my entire career. I telling something, somebody I knew how to do something I didn't know how to do and then quickly learning how to do it. <laughs> I love that. It's the perfect way to think about it. I think for for the yeah. remainder of of our call here, um, I'm really excited to dive into maybe some of the challenges that you're facing. So, so the listeners know we send out a a questionnaire for everybody who who joins the call. And if you would like to also join one of these calls, um, we'd love to hear from you. You can visit freelance2founder.com where you can um, apply to be on as well on one of these calls with us. We'd love to have you join us. But um, we have every guest fill out this questionnaire. And, and part of the questionnaire says, in the next six to 12 months, well, it says, first of all, where would you rate yourself on this freelancer to founder scale? And you rated yourself quite a bit closer to freelancer, um, two on a scale of 10, uh, 10 being a founder, one being a freelancer. And not that necessarily, you know, one is better than the other, um, but you rated yourself closer to being a freelancer. And then the next question is in the next six to 12 months, where would you like to see yourself? You put yourself right in the middle at a five between a freelancer and a founder. So you'd like to move maybe a little bit more in the direction of being a founder or running a company. Uh, and, and we'd like to, we'd love to sort of brainstorm the three of us together solutions to some of the biggest hurdles, perhaps one or two of the biggest hurdles that you're facing as you're, as you're trying to transition to more of a founder role than, than just a freelancer role. Yeah, I mean, I guess my biggest uh, challenge is being able to find clients because I don't, you know, there are things that I'm that, um, you know, I'm really good at designing logos. I'm really good at, at, at making beautiful illustrations. I'm not so good at looking for work. I'm not bad at selling myself when I meet somebody who's interested in, in hiring me, but it's, it's actually finding the work. So that's a big hurdle for me, for sure. 2019, even though I did get that that great animation client, was a was a slow year. So it's something that I need to tackle. Um, I am in the process of doing uh, a new website and uh, putting together a Google AdWords campaign to try and tackle that. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a problem for sure. Um, so I will. So a couple of follow up questions on that. Uh, do you currently have a uh, your your? Uh, well, first of all, this is a common. This is a common uh, challenge for a lot of so people. So common, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's across not just uh, in our creative industry, but across all businesses. Um, but question is, do you currently have a your your 2020 marketing plan all all planned out? No, I don't. I mean, I'm I'm you know I'm a bit of a fly by the seat of my pants person, and that needs to need to change that I keep making efforts to to change that and then I get work and I go oh good I have work I don't need to look at that right, <laughs> right. <laughs> so right now so right now it sounds like uh your your business development is very reactive and as long as people are coming to you you're great at selling pitching or not pitching yourself but selling yourself convincing people to work with you but if those inbound uh, inquiries stop you don't really have a plan in place to get more work am i understanding that right no and i mean part of i'm also quite good at um you know if a client comes and they say they just want to low they usually end up with a lot more than that they'll end up with you know business card brochure website facebook graphics so i'm good at upselling it's just finding it's yeah so you're you're good at you're good at selling as long as the person's there in front of you and there's interest and you're good at upselling additional services to your current clients. So what, what kind of efforts are, are, have you made to try to attract new, uh, more people to talk to? Um, what have I done in the past? Well, I, I, I'm on um, a local business group. Every once in a while I post there and I have, I have gotten, you know, several pieces of work out of that. Um, you know, I try to, I try, because I, community that's Ottawa but that's not where I live I live in a, a very small community I make sure that people see my face I'm kind of known locally as you know there's a graphic designer you know there's Bob the Baker there's 
um, you know, so nothing, nothing big. Um, my, my big push right now is to get my developer to get this website built and to get the Google AdWords campaign done because, um, you know, it's going to be a big, a big one for me. And have you, have you done any sort of, uh, digital advertising like that in the past? Any social media advertising, no. Google advertising, none of that. No, so, I'm sorry. I should, I should add that I do have a, a monthly ad in the local um, newspaper, but everybody in this area reads it, and so that monthly ad is in there, you know, regularly, so that we're in front of people, you know. Okay, and and do you do you find a lot of people refer to that? When I mean, yeah, I get, I'd say about twenty um, percent of the people, that, new people that come, are people who say, "Oh, I, I've seen your ad in the paper." Interesting. And so now you're hoping to branch out a little bit and, and maybe apply what's working from that in a more digital space. Yeah. You're in luck because Clay is a master digital marketer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a, um, so I do have a couple of things that you could, you could do that I would suggest. Um, and, and, and I was in the same situation. So my kind of background is I had a marketing, I, I, I was a freelancer uh, in 2015. And I, over four years, I grew it up to 23 people. Um, and so I was in the same situation where it was like, okay, I, I'm good at closing people, but not enough people to talk to. Um, and so there's, there's basically three things I would say that I would do if I were you. Um, one is, I, I did look, so the questionnaire that you sent out, um, I look, I did look at your social media uh, profiles. And so although you, you are active, so I, I do commend you on that. You are active on your, your channels. I, I would switch up your social strategy a bit. I would do way more videos of okay. you talking about branding or, um, uh, you know, graphic design, but mostly about branding and how businesses should should brand themselves and how they can elevate their brand. Um, almost, almost like giving away your secrets uh, on social media. Um, because the reality is, is that I think the people that are going to pay you to do that kind of stuff is just people that just don't want to do it. Um, and so, but they're going to, the reason it's going to work is, is because they will respect you as an authority because you're giving away all this free content on branding did you look at my did you look at my blogging at all because i i haven't been blogging for the past few months but i did quite a bit and it was that it was that kind of thing and and it, and it ended up being quite uh useful because i've written these articles i get to refer back to them so for clients as well i don't really know what design well i'll send them a link to to a couple of my blog posts and uh, you know they're they're articles right they're useful articles yeah, the blogging's great. Um, keep doing that. I'm not saying stop the blogging, but the blogging is is a whole nother uh, marketing strategy. That's probably why you're getting inquiries on Google, uh, people finding you on Google. Um, so basically, the things that you blog about, I would I would turn your phone around and do a video on that exact topic. So whenever yeah, you write okay. a blog article on a certain topic, do a video on that same exact topic. And publish that video content on social media. My only worry with that is that I know, I mean, I've done a few of them, with, I would become quite, you know, proficient at it. But the problem with me is that um, because I, I'm not good in, in front of the camera, I would, it would probably take me all day to do one, you know, <laughs> one minute video, or maybe not all day, but writing it and then doing, redoing it. I mean, I guess that's just what you have to do to get good at something though, right? It sounds like you already know the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll definitely take some practice to get good at it, but also the social media um, uh, ecosystem is such that like things don't have to be nearly as polished as we sometimes think they need to be. And so, uh, okay. you know, people and and actually there are some studies that show that a less polished video will actually perform better because it looks like something that you know your friend might've sent or your sister might've sent or posted. So instead of looking like an ad from a company, it looks like a very human down to earth, relatable 
video. The other thing worth pointing out too um, is the reason Clay is recommending video for social. If you want to, if you want to step up your social game, is because right now the social media platforms almost across the board are favoring video. And so you can post uh, a link to an article, you can post an image, you can post just some text or some emojis or whatever, and none of them, almost almost always, none of them will perform as well as video. And you can add those videos to your stories in a lot of those social media settings. And, and social is favoring stories right now at the time of recording too. So there's lots of opportunity with video to sort of capitalize on that real estate even more than if you were just writing or just taking pictures. And so it is, I'm, I'm with you, Ani, like it's more difficult. It's a little more stressful. It's a little more intimidating, but sort of getting over that, that hump can actually um, bring you more awareness for almost the same amount of effort. Interesting. Yeah. To add to that. Okay. So I'll tell you the magic formula that, <clears throat> that allowed me to grow the agency. So at my agency, we, we did a ton of local business, ton of it. And so since you're already doing a little bit of local networking, right? The people know you in the area. Um, so if you do social media and you do videos specifically, publish those videos and it can be Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever. Um, and then you put a little bit of ad spend behind it, right? There's that little blue button that says boost this post. And you could just put like five or 10 bucks behind it and, and target your local area and do that ongoing, like five bucks a day. So this is where the magic happens is that if you do that ongoing $5 a day and you, you're boosting several types of videos about you uh, talking about branding, what's going to happen is when you go to your local networking group where you have a bunch of business owners, people are going to come up to you and say, I have seen your videos on social media and you have never met this person in your entire life, but this person probably feels like that you are their best friend. And so what happens is in the, in the sales psychology world is in order for you to sell, there has to be a trust factor, right? That's achieved. Well, at that point, that trust factor is already achieved and all you got to do is ask for the sale. You know what? So, you know what I love about this strategy, Ani, is you know, right? You said to us at, at the beginning of this when you were sort of explaining this hurdle that you're facing, or what the next steps are. You said you're waiting on a developer, and then you can run a campaign to drive traffic to a site. There's like all these steps before you can ever start to see if there's a match and if you can start bringing in new clients using paid advertising. It, with this method, you could actually start getting clients right away. I mean, you could, you could put a, uh, on, on your boosted post, you could have a button to where they could message you right on Facebook, um, and say, and, you know, have them reach out about an inquiry and, and hire you directly through Facebook. It takes a lot less outside work and a lot less intense work to start generating leads to even see if this would be a possibility for your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have done, I have done boosted posts before with both um, my graphic design and now my my new artistic practice and they do um, yeah I have particularly with the art stuff I really noticed um, you know sort of an instant response uh, with the boosted post um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear this about thing and it's something that I will definitely be trying yeah the key is the key is is uh, you have to keep doing it it's an on, it's what I call an ongoing branding campaign. Right. And so when you say that you're, you're going to put however much a day, $5 a day and boost the post and just going, how long would you run one video for? Like, wouldn't you want to change them up? Um, yeah, it just depends. Um, so sometimes I, I will run it for a day. Um, but sometimes if I see it's performing really well, um, then I'll keep it going at five bucks a day. So kind of a metrics that a, a good metric to measure is if you're getting about a penny per view, that's a really good performing video, which which you can see in your analytics. So you you, you know okay. The uh, so kind of kind of my I have a second tip on that. On so this is outside of the the, the social media stuff is um, one thing I've learned to kind of get out of the feast and famine cycle, right? Yes. Is 
to always do some sort of marketing activity every single day. Um, whether that's writing a blog or doing a video or uh, running a Facebook ad or something, it can be, it can be 30 minutes a day or something. But I think the key there is to do something every day, because I think the problem with, with where a lot of people have is that where they're, they're stuck in this feast famine cycle is when they get a, a new client. Okay. Then you stop all sales activity to work on this client. And then when the clients, the project's over, then you're like, all of a sudden, like trying to, you know, get sales. Um, but if you always do something every single day, you should have a consistent flow of, of uh, sales come in. So when you say do something every day, like right now, I, you know, I post, I post to Instagram as often as I perhaps should, but I don't get a lot of response there with my graphic design stuff. So that's why. And, um, but I do get a lot of response on when I post these, you know, very anecdotal, fun, uh, you know, silly stories. Like today it was, uh, I think it was awkward.com. It posted a story about dogs that are like balloons that stick to the ceilings. And all it is, is it's, a, it's an upside down picture of a dog. But I'll have like hundreds of people liking that and commenting. Um, but that's not really marketing. That's what you're saying, right? That's not marketing me. Um, no, that, I mean, that's a form of marketing. Um, that... I would say there, if like that's that social media is one of those things that's like, it, it's almost required that you have to do every day. And so it's, it, the, I think the problem with social media these days is like, it's now super crowded. And so if you're not doing something extra, like that's two steps more than what your competitor's doing, uh, then you're going to get lost in the mix. And so in addition to doing posting on Instagram, Facebook, you have to do something a little bit extra. And that could be like publishing more videos. It could be putting more money behind the ad campaigns. Um, could be writing an extra blog post uh, a day or something. Um, I don't know. Preston, you have something to add to that? Yeah. I, here, here's one of the few times that I think Clay and I might disagree. And, and, and maybe, maybe we won't disagree here, but I do want to clarify at least uh, a little bit about this whole social media thing, because I think it can be super overwhelming to hear like, you have to do social media every day. You have to do more than your competitors are doing. And I agree with all of that. If social media, if you've determined that social media is a great way to capture new clients. I think what a lot of freelancers unfortunately do and agency owners too is spend hours and hours every week on social media and and they really don't they're not good at measuring whether that brings in new business or maybe it doesn't bring in new business at all. And so they they hear people like us say <clears throat> do more social media, do it better, do it more often, post more videos, which is great advice if it's already working. Right. But, but if you're saying Ani, like when I post things about my business, it doesn't do very well. It, you know, if that means it's not bringing in clients, then it, it's may not be worth investing more into it. There's, there's no point in investing yeah, like it, more into something that's not working. On Instagram, I don't get a lot of engagement. What, whereas with my art stuff, I do, you and, know, the graphics, I know the art stuff, definitely. Um, on Facebook, I find that I get more engagement for my graphic design stuff than I do for my art stuff. Um, so I sort of focus my efforts with the graphic design on Facebook. I find Twitter is completely useless for anything. <laughs> I just don't do anything there. Um, you know, LinkedIn, I find, what, you know, if I do, when, back when I was blogging regularly, if I put my blog post up on, on LinkedIn, then I, did, I would get engagement. If anything else, I don't. So it's sort of an interesting you know, you kind of have to figure out who likes what where, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think 100% you have to figure that out. It, it, it comes back, I think, to what, uh, what Clay was saying about this ongoing branding thing. You know, social media can trick us into thinking that what they care about in metrics is what we should care about in metrics. And so if we're not getting a lot of, you know, little hearts or if we're not getting a thumbs up or if we're not like whatever they're saying should matter, if we're not getting likes, if we're not getting more follows, then we might think that we're failing. In reality, what Clay is saying here, and I do agree with this part is, you know, a branding campaign, an ongoing branding campaign. If you are hearing people say, hey, I saw your video on Facebook, you know, if you're at a networking event or whatever, and they say, I saw your video, it was great. 
that to me is worth a million digital likes on the video because you know that they've had a real experience with that video that has translated into that trust factor that Clay was referring to. And so, you know, yes, engagement is important somewhat, but but let's not forget that the ultimate goal is is actually generating leads for your business. And so, yes, I would say tailor your right. content to what's generating leads for your business. Worry a little bit about engagement because it does affect who else can see your your content. Right. But but really, the the end goal is: Are these day to day actions bringing in more business, or are they not? And you have to make a decision on whether you're going to invest more time or not based on those results. Okay, Thanks. I actually agree with that, Preston. I don't know why you think. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I will add, though, is if something is not working, you don't necessarily have to do more of it. You might just have to tweak it. That's all. Yeah, you know? for sure. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, like point. okay, so for example, on Instagram, if you're having issues on Instagram, um, one thing that you might want to try, and I have no idea, I can't, I don't remember what your Instagram feed looks like, but I bet you, if you if you did a if you recorded yourself, uh, screen record creating a logo from scratch, from beginning all the way to the end of the logo, and you sped that sucker up into like ten seconds or fifteen seconds or thirty seconds, whatever. I bet you that would get so much engagement uh, because it's mesmerizing. Totally. Right. Yeah, it's just absolutely. A lot of work. It's a lot of work. To do Running that. a business is a lot of work for sure, too. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot of work, but like, does it pay off? You have you have to you know gauge. Trying. Yeah. 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 And and while we're talking about it, like let's let's not forget your goal that you stated to us was to move closer to this founder sort of status. Who's to say you couldn't hire someone to help you with your social media, right? Good Who's to point. say someone couldn't come in, set up a camera above your desk or, or shooting at your screen or however you, you work on logos? Who's to say they couldn't come in and set that up for you so that all you had to do was push a button and upload a video and they could do the rest? You know what I mean? There's, there's ways around. It is a lot of work. And that, I think that's what keeps a lot of people from doing some of this work. But, but there are ways around that. And, and as, as you start to think a little more like a founder and a little less like a freelancer, then those things will start to emerge. I, I was really surprised, actually, in the beginning, in your, during your big win, you said um, you got the client and then you immediately opened up After Effects. And I was like, oh, man, I really wish she had said I immediately went and hired an After Effects animator to yeah. do the work. I did, I did bring in, uh, there was, there was a transition in this one animation that I couldn't get to work. And I did bring in a young, a young guy, the, a friend who was able to solve it after I'd been yeah. banging him again, hours, <laughs> he fixed it, it 10 minutes. So yeah. And see, there, and see like refined. if we can start thinking that way about all aspects of your business, social media marketing, taking on new types of projects that you've never done before. If you can start thinking like, who could I hire and still make a profit on this? That's when you can really start to scale all the aspects of your business, not just the social media marketing, not just the after effects work. You know what I mean? Right. That's a really good point. You know, what's so funny is I've been thinking about that recently is I, I, so I recently took, uh, I took three days of my life and I recorded in 20 minute increments what I did for the full 24 hours uh, for three day, full days in a row. You'd be surprised on how much time you would you waste if you record this. Okay. But my, my kind of my point here is, is that I went through this list of everything that I did. And I, I said to myself, what are the things that actually require me as a person to physically do, right? And what are the things that I can actually just ha delegate out and have somebody else do it? I would say there is probably 90% of the stuff that I do and <laughs> that I did in those three days, I could hire out and get somebody else to do that to where I can, it frees up 90% of my time to where I can spend that time doing the things that I actually want to do or slash need to be doing, or that's more profitable. Um, I, I'm, I was kind of laughing when you're, when you're talking about what are all the things that, 
that I actually have to do and what are the things that I can fire. And it's actually something I've thought about quite a bit because I, it's like, I'm not going to give anyone the logo design. That's my favorite thing to do. I'm not going to say the animation because I have to illustrate it, but I, I see where you're going. It's, it's figuring out what are the things that you can basically keep the choice fruit and give somebody else the, the drudge work, right? Um, yeah, or just the work that takes too long, takes up time you could be doing work that you're more passionate about. Right. Um, so another, another. Um, I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if this is something you guys are familiar with, but I often have, uh, I often have it happen that my client relationship will start off great. We get each other. Everybody's happy. Um, you know, I get, I go through a very intensive uh, process to get information about their company and understand their brand and how they want to be perceived in the marketplace. And, you know, I make sure that I ask all the questions and, and if I don't get answers that are really, really fleshed out, then I'll go back to them and I'll make them flesh them out and I really make them do their homework. And I'll, I'll do some concepts that are based completely on what they've told me. And then they'll come back and go like any of them. And this is something that happens to me, I would say once in every 15 times. It drives me crazy. And I have, I do have a profane word for it, which I won't say on air. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know how to avoid that. I mean, I'm trying to learn to get better and better at, at catching those red flags. But um, sometimes they're just, see them until you know, they're there. And so the only thing you can do is kind of, so what I, what I have been doing is charging. I usually give it a, a range for like, say design, I'll give them a range. It's like, okay, so this is going to cost you between 1500 and $2,000. And I, you know, get the reasons why there's a range. And now I just make them pay the low end front so that I'm in a position to say, um, okay, I can actually refund you this much. And, and you go on and find a logo designer who's going to, um, but do you guys have any words of advice about how to avoid that situation? Yeah, I've got a couple things. Um, I, I ran into this too. Uh, I did two things that completely, almost completely fixed this problem. I'm sure Preston's got some feedback too, but this, this is just from my own experience uh, and what, what worked for me. Um, one is expectations. So it's, it's being very, very, very clear what the expectations are before you start the project. And for me, I was very fortunate. And I don't know if you're at this point in your business or not, but I was very fortunate where I did not have to take on every single person that wanted to, to hire me, right? I can pick and choose. So if you, if you are at that point in your business, then one thing that you could try, and it worked brilliantly for me, is you can say, in order to work with me, then you must give me 100% creative freedom. And so- and if, you don't, and if you don't like it, go find someone who won't make that demand of you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's and, and here's like, kind of the, to explain why that is, is because these clients are hiring you for a reason. It's because you're an expert in this field and they're not. And so I think if you, if you put that expectation out there of this is why you're, you're, you're ta we're talking, right? Uh, because you're not an expert in this field. Like you're not an expert in logo design. You're not an expert in branding. Um, I think if you educate them on that, then they are, when the, when the project actually starts and you deliver, uh, you deliver, you know, some logos, um, I, their expectations are, are I think, are going to be where you want them to be. Uh, so there's one thing. Uh, two, I think you're actually doing the opposite on your fees. Um, I think you should increase your fees. Um, I think lowering your fees, the reason why that is, uh, why I, I'll tell you why this, this makes, it'll make sense here in a second. I, I did something similar um, because I was also like, okay, what if I have to give a refund, blah, blah, blah. Well, what happened was, is like, if I lowered my fee, I was attracting a totally different audience. And sure, so sure. what I did was, in addition to not lowering my fees, I incre increased my fees substantially 
that like that's that's the key word there substantially you can't just increase it a few dollars uh, and so when you whenever you increase your fee it attracts a whole different animal of, yeah, of and I've, I've done it i've done it a couple of times in the last 10 years and it definitely weeded out some of the dum-dums you know but that should tell uh, you that should tell you what you should do in those situations can i, I, I can i ask you something about that though I'm in a, I'm in a, um, probably not a completely unique position, but because I'm the graphic designer in a small community, like we're basically, my studio about an hour from a big city center, but there's, there's three sort of towns around here that are varying in size from, I don't even know, like four to 10,000 people. And people have come to know me. And so little startup businesses will come to me like uh you know a, a bespoke cookie maker in the little town and she'll say you know how much does it cost to do a logo and i will give her some tiers and she might pick the lowest tier which um i'm pretty clear with them about what that entails you know like i give them a whole you know contract that they have to sign that that spells out um you know what what's going to happen but the reason i'm asking you about it is if I if I suddenly go like I'm not doing any logos unless it's for you know whatever it is two two to five thousand dollars or five to ten thousand dollars or whatever it is, I will no longer have those clients. Like and that right now they are totally my bread and butter. I mean it might it might smell, sound like small potatoes, but when you get two or three, they're bread and butter. So what how, what do you say about that? Can I take a stab at this one? I I actually feel like. A lot of the issues uh, that we're discussing here are related to the 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 first question, which was how do I how do I get more clients? How do I make like predictably get more clients coming to me instead of just crossing my fingers and hoping that someone's heard of me or that word of mouth works out? Right, right now that works great for your business and that brings in those bread and butter clients. And and there's nothing wrong or nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, I mean that's great. Like many freelancers would be thrilled to be at that level of getting new work and being able to sustain your business. However, if you can solve this problem of generating more business, what that does is it allows you to be more picky about the people who come to you. So not only can you target higher end clients, but you can also, um, you can also weed out as people come to you, you can weed out I guess the, the as you called them, the dum-dums, the people who you know you don't want to work with. And you can weed them out as yeah. they come in. So, so it's sort of this chicken and egg problem, right? Like if, you know, how do I get, how do I get more business in the door? But what you're asking now is how do I, how do I not lose all my business while getting better business? And I think there are a couple of ways you could do it. I know some logo designers who um, outsource their lower end projects to other designers. And, and this is coming back to thinking about that scale of freelancer to founder, Right. If you want to move up that scale a little bit, maybe the, maybe what you ought to try is hiring one or two subcontractor logo designers who can take on the bulk of a logo design project. So you get an inquiry for a $750 logo, and instead of you spending 20 hours on that project, you spend two hours on that I project. Do. <laughs> or, or what? I mean, sorry, I'm just I'm completely pulling numbers yeah. out of out of the air. But instead of instead of spending whatever you currently spend on that kind of project, you now spend maybe a half hour, an hour, two hours, working with and collaborating with a subcontractor, and then you get to pocket the profit after you pay them. And so, and and in the meantime, it frees you up then to go target some of those bigger, better clients that can make your business more sustainable. So that's maybe one way that, that you could do it. I think too, like coming back to the, the question of a client who's not happy with, with the, the versions that you send them. Logo design is this weird field. No offense, I didn't mean weird. I meant different and unique field where uh, we present like zillions of options to our clients. And yet you're supposed to be this expert that they've come to for expert help. I know some logo designers who uh, advocate sending one, one logo design to their client, mm-hmm. and they say, "I've done all yeah, the research. I've yeah. I've looked at everything. I've done a million versions, but this is the version you want. Trust me, right?" 
I've done a lot of development, I like professional development about that, and I've 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 read a lot of articles about that. Um, so uh, yeah, I am familiar that some people do it that way for sure. And what that does is that in that actually makes them trust you more because instead of you saying, "I think one of these might work," instead you're saying, "This one will work," you know. And so it's a lot harder to push right. back when someone says, "No, this is the one." Right. Well, when I now just to to back up what I said, when I send, uh, um, I don't obviously just send them the, idea, the the designs and say, "I think one of these will work." I send them a document that um, you know each is presented in its own space, um, and it has a, a rationale attached to it that explains exactly you know why how it ties into the. Cre- um, and I, there's always a firm recommendation, like this is the one I think you should pick and, and here's why. But I do understand what you're saying and that's, um, you know, must, somewhere I may go, you know, as as I keep continue getting more and more experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just think, I, I recognize you're probably presenting them wonderfully. It's less about the presentation and more I think about what it subconsciously is saying. Um, you know, I had someone present me with one logo when I thought they were going to bring me three to five options. And it really was quite impactful to me. Like they were so confident in that one solution that I didn't, I, there's no way I could argue with it. You know what I mean? Um, And so, yeah, it might be something to explore. I guess as we come up on the tail end here of the call, Ani, um, first of all, I hope this has been helpful. I'd love to hear maybe where it's been helpful and where, what you think some good next steps could be. Um, that you would be able to take in the next couple of weeks um, coming out of this call. Right. Well, I mean, I guess I'm going to be playing around with video, it looks like. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's interesting to talk about, um, you know, like I am I am working towards getting this Google AdWords. I mean, it's, it's in process now. My, my developers is coming up with a Google AdWords campaign based on uh, a meeting that we had a couple of week- weeks ago. Um, and this new website built, uh, we, they're, they're not, they're, we have a quid pro quo relationship where I do stuff, do their design work. They do my technical stuff. Um, so but I like, I like the idea of like, okay, well, why, why wait for that? Why don't you start by doing these video stories and post them to Instagram and to Facebook and see what happens. Um, I did hear Clay uh, mention uh, going to networking events, which I don't generally do. I wonder if that's something that you I I 100% I'm a, I'm a big advocate for, for local business uh, for sure. Um, I think it's a gold mine. I, I think in our, in this industry, um, especially in the Milo community, I, I think there's, um, there's a, there's a ton of people uh, that's, rely 100% on online stuff. And in my opinion, like the, the money is worth a lot more locally. (laughs) Um, you have to, I, I think it's, it's, it's less competitive locally for sure. Um, I'd say give it a shot that I, I don't know, you know, it, there are some places that local networking doesn't work quite as well. Um, from my experience, it worked really well. I, I would say you're never going to know unless you try it. You mean I'm going to have to leave my little log house in the woods? <laughs> you know, you know, if, if, uh, if networking opportunities, and obviously we're speaking with you, Ani, but speaking to all, all the listeners as well, you know, if, if networking opportunities seem slim in your area, who's to say you can't host your own networking event, right? Uh, you know, Clay is, is uh, he just finished building out his new uh, agency there, his space there in, uh, in Texas. And who's to say he couldn't, you know, throw a few parties or throw, throw a party once a month or once a quarter or something and invite local businesses um, and have a good reason for people to show up. It's not a sales pitch every time. It's just them getting to know Clay and, and his company's space. Naturally, you know, people will start to talk about it and, and know that he's there and available to do work. So you could you can invent your own opportunities. You don't have to like wait for some other networking opportunity that you buy a ticket to or that you go and attend. You can make those take things happen social, for yourself. Take my social social anxiety box, hide it under the stairs, and go do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's a funny. Um, I have super high social anxiety too. 
Uh, I'm a I'm an introvert, so I'm there with you. Um, but one one of the things one thing that will help you with this, and Preston, that's that's a fantastic idea. Um, is one of the things I, I I'm I think every business owner should do is you should always have something to invite people to. So and 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 it's and it should be every single month, right? And it doesn't have to be business related. It just needs to be something where your target market will go to. So a perfect example is my wife, she owns a, a chiropractic clinic. Her target market is women, women between the ages of 35 and 45. You know what she does every single month that she invites people to? And it's at her clinic is a book club. It's a very non-intrusive way of, of getting people into your circle. Um, it's kind of interesting because there's um, recently this local town, uh, this woman opened up a space that's a community uh, art kind of hub. And you can just kind of, I don't even know if she charges money. She may not. You can, you can host events there. So that's something for me to think about. Yeah, that'd be killer. So I, let's, uh, let's wrap up the call. We're going to leave you with a couple invitations then. We're going to let you, uh, if you feel like, I mean, you brought this one up. I think it's a great one to look into. Explore video, social video. See if that can make an impact on this, um, this um, client acquisition problem that you're facing, hurdle that you're facing. See if it can maybe take you to the next level in terms of client acquisition and, and like a branding campaign can bring some awareness um, to you and to your business. And then, uh, and then we invite you too also to, to try and, and connect with that art hub and, and maybe throw an event there or participate in an event there or maybe more uh, and see if you can connect with some. And then we'd love to catch up with you in a few months and see how, how that's going. If, if either of those have been able to move the needle at all on, on bringing in more clients, would that be all right? Yeah, that'd be great. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us on on the call today clay anything we need to add before we uh we say goodbye no i appreciate you being on the call um i fully expect you to post a video today <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be watching for it <laughs> as soon as i get off this call i'm gonna make a social media video Woo! <laughs> <laughs> we're totally going to put that in the show notes of this episode so by the time this episode airs there will be a whole stream of videos from on exactly. <laughs> <We're wishing laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for chatting. Take care. All right, we'll talk soon. Freelance to Founder is a production of Milo. You can discover more business building resources for freelancers at millo.co. And you can learn more about Clay's business and level up your entrepreneurial skills by visiting getdripify.com. Freelance to Founder is distributed by The Podglomerate. You can check out their other great podcast at thepodglomerate.com. And the theme music was produced by Joaquim Karud. You can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. We'd love to have you join us on an upcoming episode. To learn more, visit freelancetofounder.com. That's all for this week's episode. Until next time, keep up the hard work and we'll see you soon. See ya.